Hey guys, it's me, P. And me, S. And you're listening to the Girl on Girl podcast. But it's not what you think. But also, it's kind of what you think. Okay, here's the deal. My name is Persis. I'm queer, Indian, femme, and a little over five feet tall. And my name is Sarah. I'm straight, white, cis, and a proud ginger. Every episode, we're going to talk about sexuality from a queer perspective, from a straight perspective, and what it means to find the fluidity between the two. We're going to talk about taboos, labels, dating, awkward moments, pop culture icons. We're also going to talk safe sex, self-discovery, discrimination, and what it means to be a queer minority. Hey, S. Hey, P. <laughs> How's it going, girl? I am feeling a little bit tired today, and I think so are you. But listen, this is commitment right here. Yep. We are committed to talking about the things on the podcast, even when we're feeling a little sleepy. It's how she goes. I think I just have a lot going on. I have a lot going on, too. I think we're both in some wild times. Mm-hmm. We have something very exciting for the podcast going on, but we're not going to tell you guys yet. We're just going to hint, hint at it right now, but we're super excited to give you guys all the details once they're ironed out. Probably in next week's episode, actually, we might be able to give a little bit more info, Um, but it's really exciting and we can't wait to tell you all about it. So stay tuned, guys. (laughs) Stay tuned. Okay, we have a fun topic today, but first we wanted to dive into a few mailbags from our beautiful, beautiful listeners because we've had some mailbags backlogged that we've really, really wanted to share, but just with these awesome guests we've been interviewing, we just haven't had the chance and this felt like the perfect time. So P, our first mailbag is from a beautiful listener named Lincoln. He is a bisexual man of color. He lives in Dallas and he sent us just the best mailbag all about his entire queer experience. So let's dive into it. Let's go. Hey PNS, uh, hello, this is Lincoln Turner and I am a bisexual man of color. Um, I'm, I've grow, I grew up in Dallas and I go to Connecticut now, uh, Wesley University in Connecticut. Clearly it's been a long day, but basically I want to talk about it, how I figured out I was bi, you know, who I am and all that great stuff. So thank you so much for Literally, I'm a mailbag that's like such an honor. I'm a huge musical theater person. Um, I love that so, so much. I've loved theater since I was a little kid. But yeah, so I very much was, you know, very, I hate to say the word different, but like growing up in Dallas, Texas, which was very masculine energy, playing sports pretty much from the moment you were seven or could walk really, or you were running and playing little league sports and for me i did those things but it never really was about i was never really about that for me i had the most fun while doing after school theater and honestly i would spend my recesses while certain boys were playing majority were playing basketball or were playing tag i was actually um singing songs 
I had heard from musicals that my mom and dad had bought me, or I was singing songs they had played me on the radio from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. I was raised on that music, like pretty much Motown, John Legend, pretty much Diana Ross, anybody, all the greats. You know, I kind of noticed, like I said, that I was very different, I guess. Like people would start calling me things like drama queen behind my back, namely the people who picked on me as a little kid. But you know, and I had crushes. And I think the thing was my, I used to watch Disney Channel all the time. I remember my really first big show was um, Austin and Allie, which was a Disney Channel show with Ross Lynch and Laura Marano on it. And I just remember loving that show so much and having this looking back now this clear crush on ross lynch and i think the thing is i didn't realize i was bi until like much much later on but because you know i liked girls on those shows like I, I had crushes in my grade obviously but i also had like celebrity crushes on the actresses i would see on disney channel shows you know i feel like it's funny you talk about when people talk about compulsory heterosexuality compet for short you know they talk about kind of like thinking you had to be attracted to men or had to be attracted to women. For me, I was attracted to women. I knew that, like, from a very young age, and this idea of, like, getting married and having kids, you know, that idea of abandoned women, especially being from the south of the United States, was pretty much baked in to me. And again, also being raised in a Christian household, that did impact that, too. But I think, for me, what really, you know, that so it was kind of, it didn't feel like I was missing anything. You know, I mean, granted, I had things that like, again, I was more flamboyant and more showy and I prefer singing and dancing to playing sports, but I didn't think that was weird. My parents didn't treat that any different. So I didn't feel like it was portrayed as something negative and none of my friends treated me weirdly for it either. So honestly, it kind of became this thing of like, this is normal. Um, this is just like, you know, I'm the straight guy who likes musical theater and first and foremost, like straight guys can like musical theater. Anyone can like musical theater, quite frankly. Um, and it was actually around that time, like I think around like eighth grade when I started to realize that, um, that I was attracted to guys. And I remember that when that first entered my head, I was like, oh snap, suppress, suppress, don't feel that again. And it was very interesting because like, you know, again, at that point, you know, the idea, like, again, being grown up in the South and especially in Texas, the idea of being queer was still very much, like I didn't, when I, until I was like in middle school, I didn't really know that gay meant being attracted to the same gender, like just, or queer meant that. I didn't even know what words like bisexual or pan or queer meant. For me, there was gay and there was straight. 10th grade rolls around. The, that first semester, I go see, to see Bohemian Rhapsody in movie theaters. And I am should note, I am a huge Queen fan. I don't know anyone who doesn't love Queen. And oh my gosh, this the character, like Rami Malek playing Freddie Mercury, that film changed my life. I just felt so seen just on that level. But then seeing his relationships both with Mary and then seeing him come to terms with realizing that he was attracted to men. And then I heard him say, there's a scene where he's coming out to Mary. So he says at first that he's bisexual. And then the movie said that he was gay. And I was so like, I was like, shoot, I thought this was me. But the rest of the movie went on and I'm like, I still feel seen by this. And I remember talking to my friends about that scene and then they said, yeah, I mean, for, that wasn't accurate though because Freddie Mercury was actually bisexual. And I said, wait, what? 
And then I looked it up uh, that very afternoon. And as sure as I was, si I'm sitting here right now, I was like, oh, and then it all clicked into place. But I feel like when I came out, that was when it all really tied together. The summer of 10th grade and then into junior year was really where I was like at on cloud nine. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I can start like saying, I think like guys who I've seen on TV are cute. I can say that. You know, I've been thinking a lot about, I just came out to my cousin a few uh, months ago and I'm starting to plan if I'm gonna come out to my parents, which is it's something I'm thinking about. And I've actually written out like a speech of what I wanna tell them about. And I'm thinking about doing it this summer, but I really just wanted to kind of talk about my journey of realizing that I was bi. And, you know, I've come to realize that like, it's okay to like, like to start, I've started having crushes on guys at school, realizing and saying that I'm a bi man and that that's okay and embracing all of what my identity is and really exploring that over the years and like saying that I'm a black bi man and actually I've written a show where that features like a young bi African-American man and his journey of, you know, it, it's it's not completely autobiographical, but it is really about creating those stories and the representation that I wanna see in my art. So like I've been doing that and it's been so therapeutic. I have too much love in my heart to only find love, like to see romance with one gender. You know, I am an artistic, queer, by uh, human, just on this journey, creating art and just living his best life, who just wanted to make this audio for a cool podcast. So yeah, thank you so, so, so much, Persis and Sarah, for lending me this platform and just letting me speak this. I am literally gonna be geeking out when this episode comes out. Like I'll, like if I see it, I'm gonna like freak out. Like I just, I'm gonna freak out. And thank you so, 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 so much for giving me this chance. Like it means more than you know. Thank you. Uh, keep existing, keep shining. You two are amazing human beings. And like, I literally, like I said, when your podcasts are on, my day gets better because it's like listening to two amazing, really cool, big sister slash like friend slash role models. And it's just like, I, I love it so, 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 so much. So thank you for giving me that chance. Yay, Lincoln. Lincoln, we you're love awesome. you so much. Yeah, you're just, your energy is so great. We can feel it through the audio. As you guys know, we talk about representation every single episode on this podcast. And I think, Lincoln, your story is a perfect example of how seeing that bisexual character in that movie, that was the catalyst for how you would finally find a way to like put how you were feeling into words and being able to proudly say, I am bisexual. It's just so such a such a beautiful moment. And to have that moment at a fairly young age, I mean, 10th grade is is pretty young to feel like so strongly that you can identify with one thing. Yeah, it, it just goes to show truly that having that representation is so important when you're younger, especially in your teen years. And that is why I think a lot of people are really going crazy over Heartstopper, which we talked about in the last In Case You Missed It. Let's normalize this because these are real people's lives and their feelings and people like Lincoln can come to terms with themselves, you know, like at an earlier age, because like you said, 15, like grade 10, 15 years old is 
amazing. So that makes me really happy. We love you so much, Lincoln. Thank you again for sending in your story and for being so cool and vulnerable and um, just awesome all around. Purse, who is our second mailbag from? Our second mailbag is from a very, very lovely listener who I think has been listening to us for a very long time now, one of our OGs. She is from Costa Rica, but Sarah, let's give her a little code name. Okay, how about we call her Brielle? Okay, well, now listeners, we're going to hear from the lovely Brielle. My coming out story began two years ago in 2019 when I told my parents I love girls romantically while I was in a session with my therapist. It was something we had been working on and I felt that I really needed to share that with them because it was hurting me. I don't like keeping secrets from my parents. And I did it there because I felt that I needed help. Because every time I tried to tell them about myself, I chickened out and it wasn't fair to me. They accepted me. They almost kind of knew by then, but they were still shocked. And I was so scared even though I knew nothing but was going to happen to me. I was afraid I was going to lose my dad or that they wouldn't like my future girlfriends. But everything went amazing like I was reborn. Ever since then, I feel free. I cannot have to hide anything from my family. And it allowed me to find friends who understood this part of me and didn't make me feel excluded. I hope that one day we don't have to go through this process of coming out because for some people it's really hard for different reasons. And it's not fair that we have to feel fear or sad because of something that makes us amazing love you girls really thank you for doing this and thank you for just giving us a voice oh my god brielle has a very soothing voice that was also very touching like not only was the voice just soothing like your words were so kind i'm really happy that your parents actually accepted you and i'm really glad you went to therapy to kind of work through these romantic feelings you were feeling for women, because I agree with you that it's really scary to come out to your friends and family just right off the bat. But talking through this with a therapist really helps because it's a part of you that you need to accept and acknowledge. And I love what you said too about how like you're kind of tired of this process of coming out and like why do we need to feel fear or sadness over something that makes us feel amazing? It's true. Like you liking women makes you feel amazing. So why is there fear surrounding it? And the fear is society. So we're working on it. We're working on it. And I think stories like Brielle's are going to keep us moving in the right direction. And families like Brielle's family are going to help as well. So thank you for sharing your story. We love you so much. We're so grateful that you listen. We hope that Someone out there in the void listened to one of these stories and felt really seen and understood and felt like, okay, I'm not alone. Yes, you're definitely not. Oh my goodness. If anyone who's listening right now, like this just goes to show we have someone from Dallas. We have someone from Costa Rica. Like keep them coming. Okay, Persis, I am excited for this topic today. I'm very excited. It's one of my favorite topics. (laughs) I'm sure it's one of your favorite topics because you, Missy Moo, uh, you definitely have a type. 
Yeah, I do. I do. Sarah knows my type really well. I feel like we could be anywhere. We could be watching a TV show. We could be watching a movie. We could be out in a bar. We could be at the park. Sarah knows my type. Like she can see a girl and be like, that's Persis's type. I usually can. I do have to say, we were talking about the recent season of um, The Ultimatum, the new reality show on Netflix. And Purse was like, Sarah, guess which one I was into. Guess which of the girls on the show I was into. And I guessed completely wrong. And I am still shocked by the right answer. I still cannot believe that Madeline was your number one. Okay. But here's the thing, guys, and we'll get into this. I feel like my type, yes, I feel like I have a general like physical type. I, I think a lot of us sometimes do, but there was a girl Sarah picked who I think would usually fit that mold for me. But I think there was something about Madeline's energy that I liked a little bit, but it kind of changed towards the end. I know. I feel like people are going to come at me and be like, Persis, her energy good? was so weird. <laughs> Listen, Madeline, we love you. Like, sorry, if you want to come on the podcast, we would love that. But <laughs> she just had like a weird energy. But you know what? I told Sarah that she reminded me of someone I had a big crush on when I worked at the restaurant like years ago. Yes. She reminded me of that person. So I think I kind of thought of that person and was like, oh, I remember that. That's fair. I think that's fair. Um, Can I guess, can I say what I think your type is? And then you can let me know if I was right and also what I was missing. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Persis's type is pretty. Oh my gosh. That makes me sound like very superficial. I'm going to say more things. I'm just saying that that's one thing is you like pretty girls. You can't deny that. All around the world, pretty girls. (laughs) Okay. Keep going, though, because I want to know what else. Yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) I I don't know why it sounded like that. (laughs) Okay, so your type is you love pretty girls. You love very femme-presenting girls, girls who, like, wear their makeup, uh, like, a very certain way. I'm not saying that you only like girls who wear makeup, but, like, you'll look at a picture of a girl wearing a lot of makeup and be like, oh, my God, they look so beautiful. And – that's a very specific kind of like type. Um, you love brunettes typically, but not exclusively, but you do tend to like darker features. I'm just talking about aesthetics at the moment. And then like you love someone who has cool style for the most part, someone who like has a little bit of swagger, I think you're really into. And then in terms of their personality, you love a confident girl. You love a confident queen. You love someone who speaks their mind, who's a bit more of like a leader, kind of keeps you on your toes. You don't like typically, you're typically not attracted to someone who's timid or meek or kind of safe. Mm-hmm. You want someone who's going to like, <laughs> oh no, you know, keep you, yeah, keep you, which I think is great. I think it's um, great too. And that's what I'm going to say your type is. I'm going to stop there. Yes. How did I do? You did amazing, sweetie. Thank you, baby. I will say. Everything you said was right about the personality. Okay. And the energy I love. I love a confident queen. I really do gravitate towards confidence. And I think a lot of it means like I love I love someone who knows themselves or owns who they are and doesn't question it. I find that very attractive because obviously we all have our insecurities. So I'm not saying like y'all out here, I won't be into you if you have insecurities. Like I have insecurities, of course. But I think there's like an energy that some people have where they just own themselves. And I love that. I disagree a little bit with the makeup thing. I knew you were going to. (laughs) But because I I just don't, 
I don't think you understand what I mean. <laughs> I know we might be on different pages about that because I've seen you attracted to people who don't wear a lot of makeup all the time. But I guess, I guess what I'm saying is like, you're attracted to the like Kim Kardashian kind of look like, you know what I mean? So I guess by makeup, what I mean more so is like done up or just ultra femme maybe is what I'm trying to say. Maybe ultra femme, but I, Kim Kardashian, a hundred percent, I'm very into, but I will say, I feel like Kim, I'm saying this now as if like, if Kim Kardashian came up to me, I'd probably, I'd be like, no, no, Kim, if you're out here and you leave Pete, like I am available. She's um, very available. I'm very available. Very available. <laughs> very, very. But I do think that even like that Kardashian-esque type is a little too done up for me. I would say I really feel, I'm thinking about this hard for a second. My perfect type is think like young Angelina Jolie. Okay. Big features. Angelina's not all like makeup, makeup, but like I love Sorry, my phone is going off. A little bit more natural. Huh. I don't think Angelina... Angelina Jolie is not super done up. No, no, no. I'm not... That's not why I'm saying, huh. I'm just thinking of all the girls that you've been attracted to or that you've dated, and none of them are like young Angelina Jolie types. But it also, not all of them wear a lot of makeup either. So I'm, I think I'm wrong about the makeup thing. And also, only you can say what your type is. I can't tell you that Angelina Jolie is not your type because... I think clearly she is, but also like who is unattracted to Angelina Jolie? But I think that sums it up well. It's like confident, really pretty, super femme, dark, darker features, darker hair. Yes. I love that. It really, I think, comes down to an, the energy. Sarah and I talked about this for yeah. a long time because I may meet a girl who maybe fits that mold of being like my type. I'm putting like air quotes, but just like my general type. But it's the personality I really get drawn to. So if it's not like an energy match for me romantically in that way, I wouldn't do it. And I think that's why if I'm talking about Angelina Jolie, for example, I wonder if I say it enough, I'll manifest it. Um, yes, you will. I think I was also very intrigued by because Angelina has a bit of an edgy personality Whereas if she was very meek, like, who knows? Maybe that would change. I'm actually, like, so curious about that. Maybe. <laughs> Sarah's, la Sarah's laughing just, is, like... <laughs> well, because Angelina Jolie is, like, too beautiful for it to change. But, yeah, I do agree with you. I think, ultimately, for you, it all comes down to energy. I think if I do look at the spectrum of girls you've been attracted to, it, it actually is, like, a pretty broad spectrum in terms of looks. So, so... Ultimately, it all comes down to like um, their energy, not necessarily how they treat you, but their their energy as a person, their their like personality. Oh no, that's I'm okay. Just, I'm not trying to air any like dirty laundry. I'm just saying. That's what my therapist will be hearing about later. <laughs> we should definitely get your therapist on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we should. Um, okay, Sarah, do you have a type? And I think I want to guess it. Okay, hey, yeah, go for it. Sarah's type is really all over the map. Like, I really, like, looking at who Sarah's dated in the past, every single human is so different. So different. It's crazy. But I'm just going to guess my overall vibe for you if it was, oh, like, okay. your perfect man. 
Okay. I love this because I don't know what my type is. So yeah, please tell me. But similar, tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me when I'm right. Okay. Mm -hmm. I really do think you are generally attracted to more of like an artsy person. So someone who's very creative for sure. I think you, you're like attracted to that. You love someone who has that like creative mind, no matter what it is in that field. I think you're into like a sensitive boy. I think you like a boy with like, who's in touch with their emotions. I think you actually find that very sexy. Yeah. I'm nodding. Yes. When I think about looks, I want to say it's literally all over the map, but I feel like you're generally attracted to someone with a, with darker features. Maybe that would be your first choice of a type. But I think you like light eyes or like light. Um, I'm just laughing. I feel like you might like light eyes. So maybe not like dark eyes, maybe light eyes, but maybe like dark hair. Interesting. Okay. Is that, is that your consensus? No, I have a couple more I want to say. Oh, okay. I think you want, but you also want someone who's like adventurous and down to do fun things. So even though they're a sensitive artistic boy, probably like they got an artsy side, I think you want to like get down and dirty in more ways than one. Oh, um, baby. Okay. Meaning you want to go like camping and like portaging and, um, you know, hanging out in the mud and stuff. <laughs> okay. All right. Did I get an I'll A plus? Res- oh, you, I would say, okay, it's hard because I don't really know what my type is. So I can't say whether you were right or wrong, but I would say you got like a B plus. Okay. Um, only because you missed probably the number one thing that attracts me to someone. Can I guess? Um, yeah. Wait, can you give me a category of what it is? Is it physical or is it Personality. Personality. It's very, it's very obvious and common. Basic white girl. Well, not white girl, but basic, basic, basic bitch. Personality? Yeah, it's in the personality category. Okay. Generous? No. <laughs> I do love a generous guy. Okay. Just tell me. It's sense of humor. It's oh. that I- I can't I believe could, I missed that. Yeah. Like I- have found in the past, like, I will be not physically attracted to someone, I I don't think, at the beginning. And if they can vibe with my sense of humor and we can banter back and forth. And you did say fun, which is huge for me. Like, if you can have fun and be silly with me, I like, you instantly become more attractive. And then if I find out you also have a sensitive side, double up. And then I agree with the creative thing. I don't know if it's, like, the number one thing that makes me attracted to someone. I really think, like, um, if someone wasn't creative at all, I could still be, they could still be my type. Um, but honestly, it's, it's, I think my type is all about personality because you're, you're right. Like the looks have been all over the map. I've dated all guys who look all different types of ways. I think personally, typically they're like tall. That's the one thing. Not all of them though. No, I think most of them are tall. The one I was thinking of was... He wasn't that tall? No, he was like 5'8 or something. Like oh. he was pretty... Yeah, he was he was a little shorter. Oh, maybe because he was like a little bigger built. Like he wasn't like small. Yeah, he was a big boy. But yeah, it's all about personality for me. It's about like, can we banter back and forth? Can we have fun together? I also just love a guy who can say what he's feeling and what he's thinking. And I think that's where the sensitivity comes in. Yes. Um, yeah, well, but in like- terms... 
Yeah. In terms of looks, honestly, like I know you said dark hair and light eyes, but honestly, that I don't think that's my type. Like I think I truly don't have one. I'm just, I've been attracted to guys who look all sorts of different ways. I love eyes in general, but I don't care what color they are. A pair of like really beautiful chocolate brown eyes. Ooh, sign me up. Yeah. And I think that's very fair to say. I think like even the same goes for me in terms of like, I know I said I was drawn to more brunettes if I have to just like pick my physical type, but that's also not completely 100% true. Like I've been in like literally in love with people who are not brunette. <laughs> so it doesn't, totally. I think I'm just thinking like, so Sarah, this is my question for you though. Okay. If it was like, you're looking at your man right now and you have to describe him physically. You have to. You just have to. Can I just describe – I mean, this might make me sound superficial, but I, I, I think, like, body type is actually more of a attraction thing to me than, like, your – the features, like, your eyes or your hair. Like, I think I, think I generally do like men who are taller – and like clearly um, take care of themselves. Like I'm really into arms and hands. Mm. So if you, okay. if you have nice arms, but I don't like, I, I'm not really attracted to like a super beefy fit, fit, fit kind of body type. Oh, I hope I don't come off as really superficial. Um, but listen, everyone has a type. So, well, types that they like. We're just being real on the pod. I don't like, listen, this is just us being real, real talk. Yeah, hopefully you guys aren't mad. But yeah, he'd be tall. <laughs> he'd be super tall. And, wow, uh, there goes my chance. Yeah, sorry. Um, and he'd be good looking, of course, handsome uh, to me. Doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. And uh, yeah, and we just have a great time together. Also, the one thing I do have to just say really quick in case anyone's listening who knows me really well, I just want to give credit where credit's due. The whole outdoorsy camping thing, Persis knows. I wasn't into that until my ex introduced me to it, and now I love it. So, you know, it's really because of him that now that would interest me in a future partner. Um, just don't want to make it seem like I've always been an outdoorsy girl my whole life because I have been transformed yeah and it's nice right because now it's like it's something you realized you liked so you're like okay I could do this and I'm actually like capable of doing this like I'm good at it yeah I love it P what do you think it means to have a type I think it just helps us in a way like I don't know like as we're figuring out our sexuality and attraction and who we like who we don't like I think that's just that's to me what a type means. And I think more so, I don't really look at it as like physical. I really think having a type actually helps me just go for, or actually helps me. Sorry, I'm trying to find the wording. Helps me like discover what I like when I'm in the dating world. And I think um, it can help me know right away if someone and I are really going to vibe or not. Kind of like how we talked about in the beginning, if someone it's a little bit more of like an outgoing personality. I'm really, I really do look for that. I just find it very attractive. I'm not saying you, you can't be shy. Like I even have shy moments. I've also dated people who aren't like crazy outgoing, but I think it just helps when we're navigating the dating world because it's a busy pond. Yeah, I agree. 
And why do you think your type might change over time? Um, Because I feel like as humans, we're also changing over time. So I feel like what we're looking for in partners can definitely change, right? Like who knows, maybe a few years from now, maybe the type I'm really into at this moment in my 20s might change when I'm in my 30s. Or maybe I'll meet someone who unexpectedly doesn't match this type I've been describing. And I'll be like, wow, like I'm really into you. I'm really attracted to you. I think that's just what's beautiful about like human connection is sometimes people can just really take you by surprise and you don't know. So I think that's why we're always evolving. Yeah. I also think as we continue to date more people, we discover what we like about that person and what we didn't. And then our type evolves from there because maybe if we meet someone new and we see that they have some of the same characteristics that we liked in that previous person, we'll be like, oh yeah, I was really attracted to that. I think my type has really evolved over time. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I'm, I'm being honest. I think like mine has too, in a way, like, like even now as I'm like, and I'm a very single, first of all, pod listeners, I'm, <laughs> I'm so single. <laughs> Okay. But I'm not, I'm, I'm not mad about it. I'm actually like, no, I, I think it's actually beautiful. Like at this state in my life, because I'm really like evaluating my type a little bit now. And now I'm kind of, I'm open and I'm really excited to meet new people. But yeah, you're right. We learn so much over the people we date and that leads us to like new experiences. Purse, do you think I'm your type? (laughs) Wow. The question Sarah has probably been waiting to ask me since she found out I was gay. Oh, wow. I was going to say for this entire podcast, but it goes back even, even earlier. I can't lie. Um, yeah, you'd be my type. Like the, I think personality wise, I probably am your type. Yeah, you are for sure. (laughs) (laughs) You know what though? I just realized as I was talking about my type is you are my type. Like if you were a guy, a big, tall dude, you actually are my type because you're sensitive, but you're really like you, we have the same sense of humor and it's probably because we're, we've lived together for 10 years, but you like you, we have banter back and forth and we have a lot of fun. Like all the things I said, they do apply to you. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just (laughs) laughing because we discover we're each other's type. Dun, dun, dun. No, it's, I'll, I'll be, no, for real, like you would be my type, especially personality. <laughs> Sarah's getting red and flustered. I can't take it seriously. But, um, guys, you heard it here first. Yeah. I feel I'm like the listeners have been waiting for that moment. But the funny thing is, is, I'm actually not even joking. Like, yeah, you would be. I do think, based on the girls that you, I've seen you date, I actually would be your type. If I was queer. You're kind of similar to those girls. Like, personality. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, now that we've established that we're both each other's type. And you know what, though? It's kind of sweet. Like, I think types apply to all relationships, including friendships. And I think, like, we are literally each other's perfect friendship match. Like, friend soulmates. That's why I'm saved in your phone as Soulmate Johnson. That's right. She is. And I think um, this also kind of can as we get into the types of attraction, I think you can have like attraction to friends that doesn't mean sexual and doesn't mean romantic. Like I think Sarah and I, I'm just laughing as I say this, but it's, it's true. <laughs> like Sarah and I would have, for example, like an emotional attraction. 
Okay. But don't look at me like that because we'll get into it. But what it means. Okay. okay. I'm not looking at you any sort of way. How do you know I'm even looking at you? I could be looking somewhere else. Because I think our friendships are also like so important in our lives, especially our adult friendships, I think, like over time who's in your corner is like very important. I feel like you kind of realize like who your people are as you get older. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'll say like the close girlfriends and guy friends I have in my life, I will consider like emotional, I have like emotional attraction to them because we, it's not like surface level. It's like we actually get deep. They know everything. I know everything about them. It's like a, it's a nice bond. Okay, Purse, well, why don't we get into the different types of attraction? Because since we're talking about what it means to have a type, um, all that's really saying is what are you attracted to and what are you not attracted to in another person? To start off, what is attraction? So attraction is something that describes interest, desire, or affinity that's emotional, romantic, sexual, physical, or aesthetic in nature. But the funny thing is, is that a lot of people can mislabel attraction as just purely romantic, but there's many feelings that qualify as attraction. So it could just be like you're just taking interest in someone to admire their appearance, or you can like experience sexual feelings. So attraction is all over the map. Yeah. And I think you can also be attracted to things that aren't other humans. Like you can be attracted to a job opportunity, or you can be attracted to like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. Tell us, Sarah. Tell us a pe- box of pizza. I get attracted Guys, to pizza. I get attracted to pizza all the time. It really brings up some like romantic feelings for me. <laughs> me too. I wanted to say something though. Don't people actually – there's something about chocolate that like um, is some- – there's something sexual with chocolate. I think chocolate can be an aphrodisiac. I might be wrong about that, but I think it might be. You know what else is an aphrodisiac? Oysters? Mama Wana. <laughs> Do you want to tell the story? Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. But I'll tell it. Okay. Okay. So, sorry guys, I'll just make this real quick. Sarah and I, when we were living in our first apartment, um, had Sarah's friends over, like two of her guy friends. And I think you guys had tickets to a concert or maybe you were going out. I think we were planning to go to a concert. The concert got canceled, whatever. Not important. The important thing is one of my friends, he had just got back from Cuba and he decided to bring with him a bottle of this liquor he had brought back that was called Mamawana. And I'm sure we could look it up right now, but guys, I have no idea what type of, was it rum? I don't know. I don't know what it was. It was some sort of liquid. (laughs) It was some sort of liquid that did some crazy things to Miss Percy P over here. I was so horny. Like, I didn't know. (laughs) It came out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. And because I had been drinking, like, shots of this mamawana, and I got, like, way too drunk to go out. So they they all went. And your girl was alone in her apartment, feeling the twirls, like, texting Alice. I was, like, booty calling Alice from Whitby. And... (laughs) Alice, oh my god Alice was like are you okay and I was like uh, no I was on another level and it was when I, I woke up in the morning to the text 
And I was like, what was I saying? And she messaged me and she was like, oh my God, girl, you were being so funny. And my gay ass is sitting there like, oh my gosh. Panic, I remember I was panic, like offering panic. to pay for her train to come. Persis. <laughs> oh my God. I forgot about that. You listen, when Persis twirls, she twirls. Like I was. She twirls and she simps at the same time. It's like a twirl simp tornado. <laughs> Another thing that you forgot to mention about this story is before we went out, you were not feeling too hot. So you went into your little bed in the next room. And then all I hear like five minutes later is, Sarah. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, uh-oh. And I walk into Persis's bedroom and she's had a little, little, little throw up over the side of her bed, just like a little baby one. And I cleaned it up for her because she's loved my life. And she was like, sorry. And then I guess after we left, you got twirl, twirls to the max. Because before we left, you were not feeling too hot. Oh, and your friend Ryan put a little blanket on me. Yeah, all Ryan. Um, I think the moral of the story is if someone brings Mama Juana to you at any point, just be really careful, guys. Be really careful with that stuff because you might find yourself paying for someone's train ride to get to your apartment at like um, midnight at midnight okay so just be careful anyway purse <laughs> yes there wow let's uh let's get into it shall we we shall get i mean we've already gotten into it if you ask me but let's talk about these types of attractions so the first one is the most obvious it's romantic romantic attraction um, it means that people desire romantic contact or interaction with another person or persons and that's like you know that that just romantic closeness, that ooey gooey, hard eyes kind of attraction. A little like dinner in the evening time, candle, um, the record player is spinning some tunes, twinkly lights, that kind of love. Dinner in the evening time. When do you have dinner? <laughs> Listen. Do you have dinner another time in the morning? Day? Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. You're so liberal. I know. And next is physical attraction, ladies and gents, and everyone in between. Um, it's attraction that makes people desire sexual contact or shows sexual interest in another person or persons. Self-explanatory. So like, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Purse, purse with purse on Mama Juana, okay? Yes, that's what it is. All right. The next type of attraction is emotional. That's the desire to get to know someone often as a result of their personality instead of their physicality. So this type of attraction is present in most relationships from platonic friendships to romantic and sexual relationships. So that's what Purse was saying earlier, that me and her have an emotional attraction to each other. And that's just the facts. It is. It is. Because it is like you really want to like know yeah. someone and you're getting to know them based on their personality. Like, I know Sarah has, like, incredible calves, but that's not what I'm thinking about when her and I have deep chats. Oof, when the calves are popping, it's hard to resist. I know it's hard to resist, but at the end of the day, Purse just wants to love me emotionally. Ooh, the next is aesthetic attraction. I've never actually really heard of this. Um, but it makes sense. It occurs when you appreciate the appearance of beauty or sorry, it's when you appreciate the appearance or beauty of another person or persons, and that is actually disconnected from sexual or romantic attraction. So 
I feel like this is actually common and maybe a lot of like women, maybe. Yeah, like like a girl, I'm putting this in air quotes, but girl crush. Yeah. Yeah, I also think like in the social media era, I think aesthetic attraction is huge. Like how many times do you find yourself attracted to a person on Instagram who you really don't know at all? And you really don't know their personality and you really don't know what they look like in person, but you see like their beauty and that is attractive to you. I also think this type of attraction can sometimes, especially for women, be the type of attraction where you want that beauty too for yourself. It's almost like a little bit of like an envious attraction. You know what I mean? Like if someone has really beautiful eyes and you've always wished that you had beautiful eyes, it's like almost a little bit like I'm attracted to that because I wish I had it. So I feel like that comes into play a lot. It does. Yep, that's so true. And I feel like like man crush also comes up. And I'm using air quotes, man crush a lot too. I think guys can feel that way as well. Oh, totally. Yeah, we shouldn't pigeonhole it because I think it's the same thing for men. I hear men all the time like commenting on each other's bodies, especially being like, oh man, I wish I had his abs. What did you think of that impression? Yo, uh. Yo, yo, bro. The next type of attraction is intellectual attraction. Oh, I like this one. So this type of attraction is the desire to engage with another in an intellectual manner, such as engaging in conversation with them, picking their brain. And it has so much more to do with how the other person thinks instead of who the person necessarily is themselves. I feel like I hear a lot of people talking about this type of attraction when they start dating someone and they feel like they can really talk to them and there's this like, there is this intellectual connection. Maybe they have a lot of the same interests and they can talk about those things all night. But when it comes down to like the physical attraction that they might be looking for, they're missing that. Like that piece isn't there. I feel like that's definitely happened to me before and- many of our friends. I think, um, and I think sometimes I know some people who maybe think like they can look past the physical attraction because it's not so high up on their maybe like list of importance when it comes to attraction. So because the intellectual is so amazing and maybe the emotional is there too, they're like, that's fine with me. So it's interesting in how like all these different attractions play out. And this is actually one of my, one of my favorites, actually. I love sensual attraction. And it's the desire to interact with others, but in like a non-sexual way, but it's very, it's like sensual. So you could be cuddling guys. I love to cuddle. And if I'm cuddling with a girl, I like, it's like sensual for me. I absolutely love it. Cloud nine. Yeah. It's cute. It's just cute. Like holding hands, hugging. I love that stuff. So it's just like, yeah, that type of intimacy. That's not necessarily like Let's get down to business to defeat the Huns. I like sensual attraction too. And the funny thing is, <laughs> sorry, I skipped right past that. I really blew right past that and it deserved its own moment to shine. I am so sorry. Yeah, it did. Wow. Let's get down to business and defeat the Huns. Um, I was just going to say that I think back in the day, I would always like joke about how I don't care about this type of attraction, sensual. I don't like, I'm not a super like cuddly or huggy kind of person. Um, and now I I think 
that's totally untrue. I think I was maybe just like a little bit scared of affection or something like that. And now having more life experience, I love specifically with like the person I'm dating, I love like physical touch, holding hands, hugging, cuddling, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, because it's also, you know what? It's interesting. It's like sensual attraction can almost be like more vulnerable at times. You know what I mean? Like if you're just cuddling with someone on the couch or you're like, really, I don't know. It's just like, it's a different type of feeling than being like, let's get down to business to, <laughs> to save China, you know? So it's like. <laughs> Listen, Mulan, Mulan would approve of the fact that there are many different types of attractions and learning what these different types of attractions are can be really helpful when you're navigating life, whether it's romantic partnerships or other types of relationships. Mulan would would say, yes, good job. Yes, approved. All I want is to be approved by Mulan. Like Mulan was my number one growing up. She still is. And I just want Mulan to be like Sarah. You are doing good. Check mark. That's all I want. Oh my gosh. Mulan is badass. So badass. So guys, after all this talk about attraction, our types, we've been breaking it down for you. I really wanted to talk about asexuality and I really do want to make a whole episode about asexuality. I know this is just a section in the episode, but I really think it does deserve its own. Just wanted to put that out there first. I agree. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. We will do a whole episode plus, plus, plus more on asexuality. But Purse, tell us a little bit more about what asexual means. Asexual is basically a term used to describe someone who does not experience sexual attraction towards individuals of any gender. So asexuality is a sexual orientation and it is different than celibacy. Um, And that celibacy is the choice to refrain from engaging in sexual behaviors, and that doesn't comment on your sexual attractions. So, and I think that's what a lot of people get confused about because an asexual individual may choose to engage in sexual behaviors. Like asexual people still have sex for yeah. various reasons, but they're not experiencing that sexual attraction. Just wanted to put it out there 100%. It's identity, it is a sexual orientation, not a medical condition. If anyone was thinking that, um, (laughs) sexual attraction, like not all of us have that, you know what I mean? It's not necessary to be a human. Cause I know a lot of people say like, we're humans, we're sexual beings, but like not all of us are. Yeah. That's not true for everyone. And I'll be the first to admit that I've had some major misconceptions about asexuality in the past. Like just basically not having a deeper understanding of what it is and what it means. Um, And that's why I can't wait for us to dive into it more in future episodes because I would love to um, have a guest on who identifies as asexual because I do think there's a lot of misconceptions that an asexual person is all these other things except for just what they are, which is asexual. Like maybe they're, I I don't know. Yeah. Celibate or like, like there has to be some reason why they're asexual. You know what I mean? Or, Oh, they're missing out on something amazing. Um, That was a misconception I had was I thought like, Oh, if you're asexual, you're missing out on this amazing thing, which is sexual attraction. But that's super unfair 
to say that. And it's, um, it's, it totally negates an asexual person's experience, which is a totally valid and human and normal experience to have. Because like you said, we're not all sexual beings and sexual attraction isn't something that you need in order to be healthy and to live a fulfilled life. Um, and I think, I think the fact that asexual people still have sex is a huge, like a huge piece of information that I'm sure a lot of people listening right now might be thinking to themselves, oh, you know what? I didn't even really like know that or, or think that was the case. And asexual people can have partners. They can date. They've been dating, you know, it's just, uh, it's no one's story to tell, but their own, but to reiterate, yes, we will absolutely have someone who's asexual on the pod so we can like break everything down, like the whole episode dedicated to this. Yes, we want to have an expert. Yeah, because like I don't know anything about it. Sarah and I could be doing like all the research we can, but I would love to hear from someone themselves. Yeah. But I found these other two like subcategories that I'd love to talk to you about. Um, one is gray A. So Gray asexual um, are terms to describe individuals who feel as though their sexuality falls somewhere on the spectrum of sexuality between asexuality and sexuality. So I think it's like, why are you laughing? Sorry, that sentence was so confusing to me. <laughs> I think it makes sense though. No, it, do- it does make sense. I just, <laughs> sorry. I- sorry, it said sexuality literally four times and I was like, I had an aneurysm, but I'm back. You're that meme of like all the calculations, like the math. I used that meme today at work. So good. <laughs> okay, sorry, go on. But I feel like that could definitely make sense in the sense of like there, there's a spectrum, right? So maybe there's days when you're like it's somewhere in the middle. Like maybe you're not always like a very sexual person or you don't have like a high sex drive per se compared to maybe someone else. So maybe sometimes you might be like a little on the spectrum or maybe like yeah. sexual attraction doesn't like matter to you as much. I didn't know that I've never heard of gray sexual. This is my first time hearing it. And I love this. I love that this could like, it's nice to know that this is a thing that, that you can be. I wonder if I maybe fall in this spectrum of gray sexual. For sure. For sure. Actually, the second one is something I thought I kind of fell under. Ooh, tell us about it demisexual yes so some i think i might be on like the spectrum of demisexual i wouldn't say i'm like a thousand percent but i'll explain listeners before you before you uh come at me and think it's demi lovato Mm. being like only attracted to demi lovato guys i thought the same thing i thought so too but guys trust me as the bystander here, Purse is attracted to more people than just Demi Lovato. I have seen it. I have seen it in action. I know it's hard to believe, but I've seen it. She's, yep, yeah, she's seen it in action. But demisexual are individuals who do not experience primary sexual attraction, but may experience secondary sexual attraction after a close emotional connection has already formed. So why I say sometimes I thought I was was because listen pod pod peeps mom and dad <laughs> listen pod peeps and mom and dad ready Cyril. we know you guys listen 
We know. I'm not really a girl who enjoys like one night stands or sleeping with people who I don't have like that already close relationship or connection with because I've experienced sleeping with someone who I didn't really feel that with right away. And who knows, maybe I just wasn't actually even that into them in the beginning. But I used to think like, I really love when I have that emotional bond with someone. And then if we get intimate, it's even better, more so than just like the primary sexual attraction. Yeah. I feel like demisexual is probably way more common than we might imagine, but it's just that people don't know that it has a name and that there's a term for it. Because I'm the exact same way, Purse. I'm literally the exact same way you just described. And I didn't know demisexual was a thing until I think last year. But it makes so much sense to me. It's so it's so logical. It's like we we are emotional beings and we do like crave closeness and that can come before sex in so many ways. Yeah. And that's why even for me as an individual, like even when I really like someone, of course, I'm like thinking about sleeping with them. That that does come to mind. <laughs> but definitely does. It's not it's not like my main thing. I think for me, my biggest thing is like developing like an emotional relationship first and maybe the sensual attraction first. Like I really love that, that combined. And then if it leads to physical intimacy, cool. I'm doing a little dance and snapping my fingers. Me too. But um, yeah, I really relate to demisexual. So it's cool. And I also think it's cool that all of these types of attraction we learned about like how they all weave together and interact with how we might identify like whether if we identify as demisexual like all these types of attraction come into play and some pop up randomly when you're not expecting it and some kind of fall to the wayside depending on the person like it it's all such a wild puzzle relationships humans were such a crazy crazy maze but it's so cool that there's like yeah I love that there are words we can use to to identify what's complex about things like we can say I have this aesthetic attraction to this person but not so much an intellectual and that's what makes this relationship complex for me and here's how that relates to my sexuality and all these things and we need to understand ourselves better and understand others And I mean, in terms of sexuality specifically, like how many times have I told you like, oh, I'm not really feeling like a romantic attraction to this man, but I think he's really physically attractive or the opposite. Like, oh, I I don't, I don't want to be with a man. I'm really only physically attracted to women, but I feel like I could get romantic with this guy. And it's all like the different attractions that like were as like I was going through my sexuality journey, I didn't realize I was like experiencing all these attractions, which ultimately led to me being like romantic and physical and emotional and um, sensual for women. Yeah, they're all all the attractions. Yeah, <laughs> it was almost like a math equation, right? Like the most amount of attractions were happening on the girl's side. <laughs> yes. And for men, it was like mostly just physical or yeah. sorry, romantic. It was actually more romantic. I feel like you know what? now it's more physical. Almost. Now it's it's more physical, but I think it actually might be aesthetic more because oh. 
yeah. I, yeah, because I'll look at a guy, for example, and be like, I'll like nod and be like, yeah, good looking guy. But I think Sarah, I always told you this. It's like, I haven't been with a man in so long, but the moment I know if I think that was going to happen, I don't like want it. You know what I mean? I don't want sex. I think I'm just like, the aesthetic is like, I appreciate the beautiful man. (laughs) Interesting. And see, that's like an incredible type of attraction that shouldn't be thrown to the wayside like it's something great to acknowledge about how you relate to other human beings out there in the world man I feel like we learned so much about attraction and I hope you guys did too because it it just actually helped me like because I was confused for like literally remember when we were talking about like this would have been a few months ago and I think we talked a little bit about comp compet and like Mm-hmm. my confusion for a second but this is like helping helping me like it's just helping me I know we always don't need the answers for everything like pod listeners might be like Persis just be you it's fine <laughs> right <laughs> but sometimes it does it helps to like just see things broken down and be like oh this is actually out there I have to say this episode has been really helpful for me too especially talking about like how all these things relate to asexuality as well. And just kind of like understanding that it's okay. It's okay to fall under any of these types of categories, including all these types of attraction. Like it's okay to feel all the things on the spectrum. We talk about labels a lot. I like that there are names for all of these things and I can identify them and kind of categorize them a little bit in my head. Oh my God. Me too. I love this. I love these names. This made me happy. Me too. Um, yeah, we hope you guys learned something. If you, if this brought up any emotions or feelings for y'all, let us know. Um, and if you feel like there's a type of attraction we missed, let us know that too. Because, you know, you girls, we do our best, but we miss a lot. Um, you miss all the, the shots you don't take. Um, when dressed, see? Wait. Um, is it, what is it? It's like you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Yep. Yeah. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. That's deep. Imperfection is beauty. Madness is genius. And it's better to be absolutely ridiculous than absolutely boring. What was the Marilyn Monroe quote that you found on a Facebook memory from like 2011? Oh my God. Guys, so I was watching the Marilyn Monroe documentary yesterday as I would. And then I opened my memory from literally this today, 11 years ago. Persis Abraham put on her status on Facebook. I do not know who invented high heels, but all women owe him a lot. Marilyn Monroe, heart, smiley face often were you wearing high heels 11 years ago? I was in grade 11. And I will say, I used to wear booty heels a lot. You did. You did used to like, even when when I first met you, but you wore heels in grade 11? Not like to school, but like when I'd go to dinner. Oh, okay. Oh my God. Really? Yeah. Oh, I used to wear this outfit. It would be, I used to wear like this leopard top and I'd wear, um, tight black jeans with like booty heels sounds like uh cougar vibes at the time I feel like leopard was because it was kind of like no leopard was in leopard was in back then 
Yeah, I remember having some leopard stuff that I thought was really cute. I also had a high-low leopard skirt. Oh, high-low skirts. That is one fad I am so happy went out of style. I did not like high-low skirts, but I tried to convince myself I did. I loved them. I was not a <laughs> anyway. fan. They would look good on you. You have good legs. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Wow. Aesthetic attraction coming through. And emotional. Boom. (laughs) Boom. Guys, I think if anyone's learned anything from this episode, it's all the different types of attraction and that Sarah's my type and I'm her type. So we hope that answers all your confusion. Yeah, we hope it does. And uh, we won't be taking any further questions about that. Okay. Thank you so much. Have a good day. You can contact our publicist. (laughs) Yeah, our publicist will be fielding all concerns um, because we do expect quite a few to come pouring in after this revelation. Um, So yeah, just contact them at Purse. What's the what's the email again for our publicist? Oh, um, oh yeah. What's the email? (laughs) Who's our publicist? Oh, um, Chris Jenner. Famous celebrities at. Famous celebrities at um, Hollywood.com. <laughs> Listen, we'll get back to you. Um, we weren't media trained for this, so yeah, yeah. We had, I think, we had some like miscommunication about who our publicist was. We'll figure it out, and then we'll we'll put it on the uh, we'll put it on the IG story. Okay, perfect. in case you missed it is today is something we truly missed yeah we truly missed it and you guys might come for us and be like this is not in case you missed it because we already know but sarah and i genuinely did not know this yeah and and i have like a tiny recollection in my brain of us maybe like questioning whether whether this was the case, but then we never got down to the bottom of it. I don't know. But regardless, we both feel like this is the first time we're hearing this information and it's really exciting. And the information is that Miss Phoebe Bridgers herself is bisexual. That makes me so happy. So when I was doing a little research into this, um, it said that Phoebe's coming out initially caused a rift between her and her mother, although they did reconcile And then her mom became like a very enthusiastic advocate, I guess, for the community. Oh, I love that. And um, also, I wanted to point out the song Silk Chiffon because I think when I heard that song and the lyrics are clearly like about a girl, I was like, wait, is Phoebe Bridgers gay? But Muna is also in the song. So I think I, I was like, oh, maybe it's more of like a Muna vibe. Yeah, just to clarify, it's a Muna song. But Phoebe Bridgers is featured on it, and it's on Muna's upcoming album, Muna. If you are listening, we want you on the podcast. I'm going to reach out to them because I would love, love, love to talk to them. I'm, I love their music. Purse knows. I've loved it ever since um, I Know a Place. Okay. Um, but anyway, just wanted to clarify that in case anyone's screaming into their headphones right now that we don't know. We don't know. We do know Silk Chiffon. It's a great song. And... Fun fact, Muna is signed to Phoebe's record label, Satisfactory Records. So that's why 
I thought Phoebe was featured in the track. I thought it was just like, because they partner. But no, 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 no. I think, well, it is because of that. But also, Phoebe can sing those lyrics and truly identify with them. Yeah, like it's not queer baiting. It's like she puts the B in LGBT. Yes. I would just like to point out that currently Phoebe is dating um, the gorgeous Paul Mezcal, who if you guys haven't seen the show Normal People yet, he's one of the stars and he is just, he's my type, okay? He is he is a specimen of a man. And did you know the, know they were dating? No, but I was obsessed with him too. I thought he was so cute and Normal People. Oh my people. God. I'm so happy I got to give you this information. Okay, so they are they're in a very serious relationship. There's rumors swirling around that they might be engaged. Um, but I just wanted to point out, because I love him so much, that Phoebe is dating the most adorable man. On top of that, Persis was doing some digging and learned that Phoebe's song Motion Sickness, which is one of her most successful songs, is actually about her relationship with Ryan Adams back in 2014. And for those who don't know, Ryan Adams has had several um, sexual misconduct allegations against him, including from Phoebe herself. So he, he's no bueno. Motion Sickness is a beautiful song about how he's no bueno. Would highly recommend listening to it. Um, And regardless of these relationships with people who identify as men, Phoebe proudly identifies as bisexual, and we are here for it. Yes, we are. I love that. Yes. And Phoebe, come on the pod. Muna, come on the pod. We just, come on. Come on. Come on. We just want to talk to you. Don't be scared of two little girls. (laughs) Okay, I'm scared. I think, like... This is the point in the night when it's like, I know we need to turn the microphones off, but it's just a matter of like getting to that point and what happens before we get to that point. Yeah, we just can't stop. We typically go down, spiral down, down, down. But just before we sign off, I wanted to say that Sarah and I realized Phoebe Bridgers was in the community. Well, I should actually say it was Sarah, was because I sent Sarah a carousel of the Met Gala, like queer people who went, Phoebe was in it. And Sarah was like, yo, what? And I was like, oh, (laughs) that's some news Uh, I didn't know. I was like, did they get that wrong? Also, speaking of the Met Gala, I saw some account, I can't remember which one, so I won't say because I can't remember, posted about Janelle Monae's look. Um, Janelle, I think, always goes to the Met because they always look so fabulous but in the caption for the photo they were using she her pronouns um and i was like oh they clearly haven't got the memo yet that janelle now identifies as non-binary um and i was looking in the comments and there were a lot of people in the comments saying just so you know um like their pronouns are they them and i was like hey yes there were a few people kind of getting mad but i appreciated the people who weren't getting mad and who were just saying hey just a heads up, Janelle just came out as non-binary. Um, because, you know, sometimes the news doesn't travel as fast. Like, I'm sure they didn't mean to do that. So anyway, I just wanted to say that there was a mistake made, but there were people out there being like, hey, you made a mistake. Yes, I love that. Yeah, we don't need to get mad, y'all. I'm sure they didn't mean it. <laughs> no, we just need to educate and inspire. You know what we need to do? We need to listen, believe.
and celebrate or we can listen, be proud and cooperate. That's a deep cut for our listeners who know what we're talking about. It's all about the LBCs here at Girl on Girl. Exactly. Purse, I'm hungry. I think I want to make some dinner. Or order a pizza. But I had pizza on Saturday. Can I have pizza again? It's Wednesday. It's only been like three days since my last pizza. Depends on the pizza. Yeah. You know what? I just went grocery shopping. I think I'm going to cook. Okay. Cook some food. Thank you for your support. You're so welcome. I love you so much. Love you so much. Uh, We love you guys. And we can't wait to talk to you on our next episode and give you some exciting news. Wink, wink. A nudge, nudge. Shuffle, shuffle. Shuffle, shuffle, shimmy, shimmy. Shimmy, shimmy. Okay, talk to you later.